I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Otson Audibles podcast. Matt Prem, Eric Scopel on the show. It's a Thursday morning. We typically don't record on Thursdays, but... Some news happened Tuesday night uh, and then became official Thursday morning, and we felt like we've got to talk about it. Uh, it's going to be a quick one from Eric and I, but Eric, Dan Lanning, uh, his contract extension with the University of Oregon has been agreed upon, has been approved, and now has been signed and it was done, but officially now announced as well. Uh, the University of Oregon, literally as we... Uh, we're hopping on this podcast to talk about the board of trustees approving the deal have sent out a release ex- announcing it with quotes from Oregon athletic director, Rob Mullins, as well as Dan Lanning. Um, Eric, it's essentially a six year new deal. Um, they bumped his pay up to $7 million starting this season. And it will increase by $200,000 every season. If he wins 10 games at any point during the season, uh, he gets an additional year added on to his contract for up to three additional extra years. Yep. And if he wins a national championship at any point during this contract, the salary we'll see an immediate $500,000 increase that following year. And for every remaining year beyond that, it will increase as well by $500,000. In total, even if if, if you just eliminate the the national championship part, Dan Lanning's contract could essentially be nine years over $70 million. This is a massive commitment from Oregon to Dan Lanning. And then – I, I think all of this, these numbers, Eric, are huge, but the buyout is the biggest storyline of this entire deal for both sides. Yeah, buyout is $20 million, And really quick, just to tie the bow on it, the contract, uh, you know, I guess in disregarding the possibility, as Matt said, and I think probably pretty likely that happens, but those yeah. extra years getting added on, it's a base deal that is, is $45 million over six years, which is pretty darn competitive, uh, as, as uh, Rob Mullen said on his remarks to the board of trustees before they voted to approve it puts him at number two amongst pac 12 coaches lincoln riley makes over 10 million and then he said approximately 15th nationally um with about 7 million a year 
not bad. It's a nice, it's a nice piece of work for Dan. And then, yeah, it's a good job point, if you can get it. Yeah, and to your point, twenty million dollar buyout has been agreed upon. And just to give some context, I was just looking at the original deal that he signed last year. If he were to have left um, before the end of, or I should say, basically in the next calendar year, like let's say he takes off to leave to go to right. wherever else. Previously, that would have been a ten million dollar buyout now it's 20 and that number was set to descend over the course of the contract to where you get to the fifth year this is the previous contract if you get to the fifth year it was only going to be a million dollars so wow. uh, it, it's it's pretty clear here uh and, and and rob i thought did a good job of of communicating i'll just read a quote he gave about the buyout because i'm with you matt like aside from just the fact that he's getting what two almost two and a half million dollars more base salary per year the buyout's the big part here and here's what rob mullins had to say uh to the board of trustees he said it's a mutual commitment coach landing and his family love being a part of this community obviously they put down roots and they've engaged at a level we haven't seen since probably the brooks Bellotti era so it's something that is extremely important to our community and dan sophia and the kids have made that kind of commitment it shows that this is a two-way commitment which is important to us I thought it was kind of interesting he threw out that this is the best commitment they've had basically since Brooks and Bellotti. I, yeah. That, that was that didn't that didn't uh that didn't uh move move past me quickly. I was kind of that's that's sort of telling a little bit in terms of the people that Rob has worked with to this point. Yeah, he I mean Rob is very much a Rob Mullins Oregon's athletic director. He's not someone to like he's not a hype man, he's not a showbiz type person um and so when he does give the rare interview um he basically speaks in facts and and is very strong with what he says and so when he said that that i i raised my eyebrows too like that was a whoa oregon's committed to this um and they feel very much in tune with what their head coach is committed level is for for the university and we've talked about this off the air you and i like this is a big commitment by both sides mm -hmm. oregon is throwing a lot of money at a coach who has one year of of experience as a head coach um they did win 10 games last season they did lose to their two rivals last season mm -hmm. uh they were they have a he has a losing record against top 25 opponents, which is true, but he also won like eight or nine games in a row during that season. They only lost to Washington and Oregon State, I think, by like a combined nine points or something. So they are, you know, they are all in on a very young, uh, one year head football coach paying him top 15 level in the country number two in the conference, according to the U of O to public data. Uh, and then I think Chip Kelly is the highest, I think. No, it's Lincoln Riley. Um, I just looked it up. Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Oh, is, well, is Lincoln Riley is not public. Well, I'm just going off of the, uh, I think the number he's using is probably what I saw because uh, Chip Kelly's uh, number was less than that. So Lincoln oh, okay. Riley is, is estimated at 10.5, according to the story I just read. So gotcha. I don't know. You're right. USC okay. and Stanford don't make theirs a public. I know you're right. You're right on that. Um, and then landing himself though, like we've always gotten the, the vibe from him that he's tried to make it really well known that he's all in out of Oregon. He's committed. He's talked about that in his press conference. 
Um, he's talked, you know, multiple times throughout the year, just how much they love being in Eugene and him and his family. And I think this is a sign that he's all in right now at the University of Oregon. Now, like $20 million, yes, some some conglomerate booster group could come in and, and could pay that. But sure. It it's a number though that will give every school who's gonna go after Dan Lanning, they will pause for a second and go, Whoa, do we really want to go down this rabbit hole and pay twenty million dollars just to get Dan Lanning? And then probably have to pay $70, $80 million to right. pay Dan Lanning and then probably pay another $20 million or $15 million in terms of buyouts and assistant coach contracts for you know at this new school. The, the, there will be schools that could afford that. But it will make every school basically go, whoa, do we really want to go down this path? and try and get Dan Lanning because he is entrenched at Oregon. And the great thing about it, you mentioned it, how it goes down to essentially zero in his old deal. Um, he could be on year seven of his current contract and be going into that bowl game and get a new job, and he still has to pay Oregon $20 million. The only way he, he owes zero money to the University of Oregon is if he lets his entire contract lapse, lapse. That's yeah. the only way he gets out of, of a buyout. Now, Oregon on the flip side, fully guaranteed deal. So if Dan Landing doesn't work out for, I don't think it would ever get to this point, but if he posts back-to-back losing seasons in year four and year five, and let's say year two and year three, he won 10 games. So he still has four more years left of his deal. You got to pay all four of those uh, years if you want to get out of Dan Lanning. It's a big commitment from both sides. One, a couple more thoughts on the buyout. Um, yeah, it's a hundred dollar. It's a hundred million dollar basically commitment. To your point, if a school says that's the guy we want to be the next coach, which again is not a number that uh, is unreachable by like I don't know SEC schools, Big Ten school standards. Like they could possibly figure it out, but it's going to be extremely expensive and then the other part is if you're Oregon you're getting 20 million dollars back which could be really significant in whatever you choose to do again we're talking way down the line hypothetically we both hope and I think Oregon and Dan clearly are under the expectation that this buyout won't matter because it won't come into play because Dan will coach through the uh, extent of the deal but uh, it would be uh, if, if hypothetically that did happen there'd be a lot of money headed back towards Oregon that would help with whatever else they're trying to do going forward in terms of finding their own replacement coach. Um, I thought another thing that really stood out, and I know Matt, it's out to you because we've talked about it off air was just this opening kind of comment from the athletic director here. I'll, I'll just read it. He says today's request for a contract extension for coach landing is the first part of a bold vision to ensure that Oregon football and Oregon athletics remain competitive at the highest level of college athletics into the future. The first part of a bold vision. I don't know. What do you think of that, Matt? Because I, 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 I guess I'm just curious on, on what's to come. And the other part I should yeah. note, just to add upon this, is that he also later was asked if um, this was like all philanthropic in terms of where the money came from. And he said that's correct. And he also, but then he also said the increase in contract is supported by philanthropy. And as I mentioned, we look uh, – and as we look forward to some other things as well. So there's clearly some financial – 
element to that vision. And I'm very curious to see what this looks like going forward. Yeah, that raised my eyebrow, like you said. Um, there's obviously the elephant in the room. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are hoping we we touch on this is Colorado's impending departure from the Pac-12 to the Big 12 hasn't been officially announced as of 11.01 Thursday morning on July 27th when we're recording this podcast. Um, but that's what the expected news will be today. John Canzano uh, um, has reported that the Pac-12 and the ADs of the remaining nine schools now, uh, should Colorado depart, are going to be meeting this afternoon via video teleconference to discuss expansion and other things. Um, we'll see what happens there. So maybe it's tied into that. Maybe Rob Mullins at Oregon knows some things are happening and it's going to be positive. I don't know. Um, maybe he's referencing the new indoor facility that they're building at Oregon. That's you know already in the works. It's already been announced. They've gotten the land approval swap rights. Um, but Matt, maybe Matt, that's Matt, what it is. Well, not to cut you off, Matt, but like he says, this is the first part of a bold vision. And as you said, they've already approved that stuff. So it seems yeah. like this could be, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's what it is. So it, it's interesting. I mean, look, we don't know this and we're going to speculate. Maybe it's not right for us to speculate here, but maybe this is Phil Knight saying, I'm going all in. I've already been all in, but now I'm literally pushing all my chips in. I'm going to the ATM and getting a couple extra mil and bringing it back to the blackjack table um, to double down on 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 my uh, 11 that I face right now. Um, maybe he's all in because I think that's where this money came from. You know, yes. When, yeah. <laughs> I think when so. Rob Mullen says it's donated, you know, philanthropy. I can't say that word. Um, philanthropic, yeah, philanthropically. Yes. Uh, that's where that money came from. Sure. In some Absolutely. way, shape, or form, Phil yeah. has donated in, in some capacity. Maybe it's not all of it. Um, I would be really surprised if Phil do donated zero cents to this to this raise. But maybe that's maybe Phil's got some crazy plans of in his twilight years, he's he's just gonna pump Oregon with millions and millions of, of cash, which would be Kind of fun to see. I mean, because there's this perception that that's what's already happened. And yes, he's donated yeah over a billion dollars or something like that to the University of Oregon. But it's not just athletics. It's a wide range. He's donated more ac academically than he has athletically, I think, um, to Oregon and Stanford academically. But there's this there's this per you know, perception that he's donated all of it athletically. Maybe maybe we finally arrived at that time. Where Phil Knight is just like blank check. Here you go. I want everything athletics at the top notch. He, I don't gonna, know. I mean, what what what, do you, what could it be? Like, I I, well, I mean, is it is it is it rendering Watson State the the other side of Watson Stadium and getting yeah. that up to code? But like, they can't sell out Watson. You know, people aren't going to games. It's not an Oregon issue. It's it's a phenomenon across all sports at all levels. Like, it's very rare to have consecutive sellout streaks. Like. So they're not adding seats. Maybe okay, it's it adding more it. club seats or type things. I don't know. Is that is that really a bold? I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, we're we're maybe spending too much time on that. I just think it's important because or interesting because Rob brought up twice that this was like there were more things to come, 
And right. I, I don't know, I, I, as Matt said, suggested, that was the other thing I thought of. Could it be the new practice facility? But that's already something that's already been established. That wouldn't be the first part of a new vision. Um, to Matt's point, you know, doing some work on Otson, maybe. But from a facilities perspective, Oregon is already so far, like so forward thinking and pretty much everything's top notch. I just don't know if that's what it is. So I'm, I'm completely kind of clueless here. And I guess the really conspiracy theory, again, total speculation is like, could, could he be somehow buying Morgan their way into a conference or something like that? Because, I mean, I, I have no idea. Um, but I also think like if you're, if you're Oregon, not to, and again, I don't know how much we want to get into the conference realignment thing, but like, this seems like an awfully large commitment to make to your coach. If you think the conference you're in and you're going to be in is like going to be not relevant soon. Right. Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying that Oregon would just completely cut bait and be like, I ah, take our coach. Our program's not going to mean anything. We're not going to be in a big conference, but this seems like a operating from a place of confidence, which I think at least from the outside looking in is sort of interesting considering that the Pac-12, at least without Colorado, I guess now it's the Pac-9 doesn't look like it's operating from a place of power. Um, there's still no media rights deal done. It seems likely at this point that other schools end up following Colorado to the big 12. So I'm not sure what it is, but um, we will re we will hopefully have something to reference when we learn the second part of this bold vision at some point. And then we can is a conference expansion. Maybe, I mean, we've got, we've got the Buckeye in, in Austin yeah, yeah. stadium. We've got well, was, taking the photo with the duck. The joke I was going to make is like, Phil has a lot of money. He could just buy Fox and then just own the network. And then be like, yeah, Oregon's <laughs> going to be in this conference. I've just purchased it. <laughs> I, that's that's outlandish and, and not reasonable i think financially he probably has enough money to do it but it would probably pretty much and and uh he, he would lose his incredible generational wealth to make that purchase while still owning the company though so maybe it wouldn't be that i don't know that's obviously not probably what it is but i it's it's really interesting i'll, I'll put it that way uh very obvious comments by rob mullins um and like eric said we really hope to uh find out what that means down the road. Um, but to wrap things up here, I think this is probably, look, you, we're going to come off, uh, I, I'm at least going to come off as, you know, a super homer, like, but this is, this is a win-win for everybody. Um, and I think this is a very strong play uh, by Oregon. They've, they've been burned at the stake a couple times with, uh, Mario Cristobal, you know, leaving to go home. Willie Taggart to go and take what he called his dream job school. Um, the Helfrich job didn't last. And, you know, they've found someone that appears to be all in on the community. And like, like Mullen said, like Landing and his family have, they have thrown themselves into this community as quickly and as strongly as any other coach I can remember. Um, and it's true. Like, to truly like the Bellotti years where like we grew up going to school with his kids playing sports or competing against uh, his kids. Like you, you would see them out and about town. You never saw Mario Cristobal out and about town. Willie Taggart wasn't here long enough to be seen <laughs> out and about town. Like you bump into Lanning and he's out and about, he's doing things. And I think this is just, this is a sign like this is one of the things that's, that Oregon gets negative recruited at. Oh, your coach is going to leave when an SEC school calls or he's right. not from here. He's he's going to be gone. Uh, or it's you can't keep this type of a head coach even if he wants to be here because the, the money that the other conferences are going to have is going to dwarf in comparison 
and you won't be able to keep him because you won't be able to afford the extension that he's worth when a middle tier Big Ten or a middle tier SEC school comes calling because they have an opening. This eliminates all of that. All all those negative talking points are basically gone. Yeah, and and I think that's a fair point. I think if one of the somebody on the call even referenced that like Oregon's had a difficult history with you know coaching retention, and obviously didn't point to Mario or or Willie or. I mean, shoot, you could even throw, it's a long time ago, but Chip Kelly left on his own accord, even though it sounded like yeah. there might be stuff from the NCAA following that made it difficult for him to still be employed by the university. But yeah, no, I, I think it's it's pretty clear that this is a, a, a long-term commitment. And to your point, Matt, like there are only going to be probably now, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen schools that confidently can say they want to spend that much money on a head football coach going forward. And it has to, it'll have to be one of those coaches who will, or sorry, one of those programs who will have to, you know, who has the financial ability to really even consider bringing on somebody at that number. So that, that's, that's big as to your point for recruiting, like Oregon has been negatively recruited for years for, for the fact that, that, you know, their last two head football coaches left to go to Florida um, after not being at the university very long. This is a, I think a sign of, I also like to give Dan some credit here. I think he's aware of that history too. And signing this and, and agreeing to that buyout, I think he's trying to do his best to to convey that, not just from a recruiting perspective, but hopefully to the community to say, like, hey, we're we're here for the long haul. And I know it's been yeah. tough for the last I mean, I was thinking about it not too long ago. Like it's it's been like two decades since a coach has been here, um, more than four years. Like that's just hasn't been a thing that's happened. And if, if this contract, you know, if it runs through its duration with Laning still here, he'd be the longest tenured head coach at Oregon um, since Mike Bellotti. And so, I mean, that in and of itself provides some stability that the program hasn't had. And like, that's one of the, I think, remarkable thing about the continued success that the program has had over the last, you know, 15 or so years is that they've had so many different head coaches come through here and they've still maintained success. Imagine yeah. what it might look like when they have the same head coach with the same vision for six years eight years ten years shoot 15 years so um yeah i mean obviously that's way down the line who knows what happens but that could be a huge benefit to the program to, to have some stability at that position for for the long term all right that's gonna do it for us here on the odds and audibles podcast next time you hear from us on the show will be a very 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 rare sunday recording uh this week um we're gonna have a special guest on that podcast as well but with Eric and I um, breaking down some Oregon football recruiting. That's a little tease for you there. And then, hey, next week, fall camp, it's here. It's arrived right there. But until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? Better. 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.